You are listening to the Tour des Flâneurs, the cycling podcast at the 2021 Tour de France, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Stage one, today we are in Landerneau. Hello and welcome to the Cycling Podcast nightly coverage of the 2021 Tour de France. We were played in there by the electric noise of the fans on the Côte de la Fosse au Loup, the climb up to the finish out of Landerneau, up to the finish of stage one, uh, where we were we were parked there earlier on, standing there waiting for the race. It was it was it was pretty thrilling. Um, we're now in Landerneau enjoying a drink in a bar, and I'm joined by two people who between them have covered. 32 Tours de France. <laughs> Francois Tomaso. Hi there. Francois, you've covered 32 Tours de Absolutely. France. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kate Wagner, this is your first your first Tour de France. Yes. A new voice on the Cycling Podcast. I mean, your first tour, we'll go into your story a bit later on, but for those who are not familiar with, with Kate, she's a fantastic writer who has written a, well, she writes a great blog, and uh, you've written a great piece about Primoz Roglic and bicycling. We'll We'll get to that a bit later on, but it's nice to have you here. We're going to have a bit of a rotating cast on the Tour de France this year, and we'll hear in a moment or two uh, from Lionel Bernie. A lot of you have been asking about Lionel. We'll be hearing from him soon, and also the other member of our team for the Tour de France. So that's very exciting news. I'll do the tail of the tap in a moment. It's uh, It's been a, a mixed day, hasn't it? I usually say chaps. I can't say that. No. You can say that. <laughs> no, I'm a chap. <laughs> um, uh, guys and gals, it's been, a, on the one hand... A great day to be in Brittany where cycling is so popular, to see the crowds back, perhaps to a surprising extent, but really out in force. But also the crowd, or one member of the crowd directly responsible for the first of two really terrible crashes that have cast a bit of a shadow over the day, haven't they? Yeah, like a little bit like the weather. Uh, we, we've had a little bit of rain, a little bit of, uh, it was freezing in the morning, now it's warm. And I must say, I'm very surprised about... Uh, it's a, probably the first time I see some sun in Brittany. You know the joke? I told you this joke before. It's a guy who spends his holidays in, in Brittany, goes in a village and it's raining for three days. And on the fourth day, in the street, he meets a young, uh, a young boy. And it, he asks this young boy, um, I'm sorry, uh, boy, uh, is the sun ever shining in this place? And the kid says, I don't know, I'm only 11. Well, that was, that was, a, <laughs> that was a Breton joke of the day. But now we have good weather today, but we had bad weather before. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit like the, the, the stage today. Great cycling in the, in the finale. And uh, you know, terrible crashes on the way to the finish. So we're, yeah. used, we're used to crashes early in the tour. It's the the crashes these days seem to take out so many riders, and I don't know. I don't quite know why. I, I, there have been various theories about why, but really, really awful and quite miraculously, none of the none of the the real hot favourites. I mean, some very strong fancied riders have been injured but the real favorites seem to escape largely unscathed we think at this point um i'll crack on with the tail of the attack will i i mean normally lionel's job i mean kate you do a very good um you do very good write-ups of stage i might get you to do this in a few days <laughs> okay know, yeah if you're up for it um a few news lines this week just before we get into stage alexander vanukarov has been uh, forced out at astana quite a surprise there's a new sponsor for Quebeca asos on the eve of the tour that was announced Lachlan Morton is riding the entire Tour de France ahead of the tour solo and unsupported and he's also riding the transfers we'll maybe try and uh, follow that as best we can uh, and Alpes and Fenix well they wore a new jersey for the team's presentation uh, an homage to Raymond Poulador Matthew van der Poel's grandfather um, and they wore it for today's first stage they won't wear it again a very strange precedent that sets and um, we'll maybe touch on that later stage one from Brest to Landerneau where we are now 197.8 kilometers, six categorized climbs, and the first attacker, Victor Campenart, is one of our audio diarists. He took the first King of the Mountains points. Busy day for our audio diarists, who were obviously worried they wouldn't have enough to talk about in their audio diaries, because after the day's big break, we went away. Connor Swift of our KS Samsic bridge across to it. Our other audio diarist, uh, Tim de Klerk, um, did what he does so often, sat on the front of the bunch for many miles, keeping the breakaway 
on a tight leash. In the break with Connor Swift were Frank Bonamour, uh, local lad, uh, Danny Van Poppel, Christian Rodriguez, Anthony Perez and Edith Scaling. Uh, the only rider there from a, a world no, not the only world rider there from a world team because Danny Van Poppel was there as well. Um, their break went, their leads went up to 3:55, but De Klerk and Alps and Phoenix were uh, trying to keep it to around two minutes by the looks of things. There was a shoe change for Matty Van Der Poel at one point. Perez seemed determined to take the King of the Mountains jersey, and he took the points uh, going through Locronon, where that was a place that you had highlighted, Francois, as yeah, a highlight. Lo, today. Yeah, Locronon, I think, is probably the most beautiful village in uh, Brittany, there are a lot. But this is amazing, if you have a chance to come over to Brittany, go to Le Cronon. It's really uh, bathed in history, I mean, it's, it's like it hasn't changed since the 15th century or something. It's made of granite, most of it, and it w was used as a setting for many, many movies. The most famous of them probably Tess by Roman Polanski, but there, there are many, you know, uh, others who've been shot there. Yeah, that you, you, can't, you can't get by car in the town centre. They're really trying to, to keep it medieval, so it's really a, pl a place to go. The very famous and, and best Tess film uh, that, uh, well worth watching if you're a fan of Thomas Hardy as I am. Uh, Skelling went a clear alone, uh, and his lead kind of went back up to about three minutes while they were still, um, well, again, Tim DeClerc mainly on the front, uh, just trying to keep him within reach. Behind there was a huge crash, the first of these two big crashes in the peloton when Tony Martin of Jumbo Visma hit a, a fan's cardboard banner and it, it just took him out um, very dramatically and quite shockingly. Lots of riders on the ground, Yasha Sutherland very badly hurt and had to pull out. Mark Soler lost a lot of time in that crash too and came in as last man in fact. Skelling was caught and we were waiting for the climb. There seemed like a bit of a lull, although the pace was going up and up when there was that second massive crash. Chris Froome down in this one and seemed to be quite badly hurt, but lots of riders down. Mike Woods, his teammate, also uh, badly hurt and uh, lost a lot of time on a stage that he might have fancied. Coming into the climb, and there was a narrow entrance into the climb where the Alps and Phoenix team hotel was. And Kate and I walked up the early part of the climb past their hotel he should have really known that entrance very, very well. But once again, positioning, his positioning was questionable. His teammates were absent and uh, he gave himself an awful lot to do. There was brilliant work by De Koenig. Quick step, especially Dries Devenens, again, as last year on the Caldez where he, he set things up for Alaphilippe. He did so again today. And when he uh, began to tire, Alaphilippe went. 2.4 kilometers to go, still a long, long way. Wout van Aert, who'd been held up in the first crash, was on his wheel but didn't respond. He seemed to be looking for Roglic. Pierre Latour chase, Pog and Rog got together briefly in a quick dalliance, but uh, really Alaphilippe rode away and took a very convincing um, and impressive victory. On the line was Alaphilippe, Michael Matthews, Rog, Jack Haig got up there um, for fourth on the stage. Wilco Kelderman, Tari Pogacar. Uh, Kelderman was Kate's tip for today. The big loser, Superman Lopez, almost two minutes down. Tail and Hart lost a lot of time. Mike Woods, Richie Port, Wout Poles, and Mark Soler. So, you know, we talked about Ineos Grenadiers having four cards to play. Well, two of them are, are pretty much out of the game already. Um, the other race today, before the men's race, was La Course. They went up that climb four times and uh, that really took its toll. It turned into a very, very difficult race, a real war of attrition. Demi Vollering of SD Works was the winner ahead of Cecilia Ludwig, who we'll hear from a bit later on. Um, she outsprinted Marina Voss, which was a real surprise even to her. And Anna van der Breggen was fourth, having done a brilliant lead out for Vollering. I mentioned earlier that we're going to hear from the two other members of our team who will be joining us on the tour. We're going to have Kate with us for week one. Um, who are we going to have week two? Well. This is who I spoke to earlier. Hello, Rich. Where are we, Lionel? Well, I'm at home, Richard, and I'm hoping that you're... In North Watford? In North Watford, of course, yeah. And I'm hoping you're in Brest, in Brittany. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I am. I'm actually in Landerneau at the finish of stage one of the Tour de France, waiting for the finish of La Course at the moment. Excellent. What's the weather like? Overcast, cloudy, feels like it might rain later. It's pretty cold, not very... Tour de France-like, but very Brittany-like. Oh, overcast, cloudy, uh, kind of uh, similar to my mental state over the last few re weeks, Rich, as you know, and I'm sorry not to be there with you. It's the first Tour de France 
edition of the cycling podcast that I've missed, I think I'm right in saying, since the very beginning, back in 2013, when I skipped Corsica and you and Daniel went off to Corsica for the Grand Depart and I went to the Glastonbury Festival, but I've been ever present ever since, so I'm, I am feeling that I'm missing out, but um, I felt I needed to give myself a little bit more time after a difficult couple of months. I'm sort of still... Uh, well, I'm I'm visiting the, the mind mechanic, if you want to put it that way, and uh, shrugging off a bit of emotional road rash at the moment. But I am planning to visit the Tour de France and join you for a few days in the middle week. So um, I booked all my travel and my PCR test and looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. And uh, yeah, I'm going to miss not being in the Tour de France bubble and I'll look forward to joining you and Francois for a few days. And I know this will sound uh, like I've set this up, specifically but I'm joining you for the Cassulet stage and for I think what will be quite a pleasant trip to uh, um, a winery is that right I'm hoping so anyway yeah. I hope I've got my dates right yeah very suspicious it's all very <laughs> very suspicious that you're missing the, the the grim weather here in Brittany but um, Lionel how are we going to know what to eat without your uh, presence at the dinner table I, I just I, I look at menus and I, I just it, it just it just becomes a blur I just don't know I just don't know what to choose just take your lead from Francois he knows what he's doing but I'm very um, laid back about choosing food in restaurants I think people should eat and drink what they like when they like I mean it's simple as that so take choose whatever you fancy on the menu Richard but I would try and have a Breton pancake and a glass of cider before you Mm. leave Brittany at the end of the weekend going to be seeking that out today well it's fantastic news that you will be joining us for the middle week Lionel we are looking forward to you uh, coming and joining us having your company and obviously your voice back on the podcast the the you know many listeners will be delighted about that I mean some will be unhappy of course well, but many will be course. many will be very very happy I'm to, a polarizing figure again. Rich I'm a polarizing <laughs> figure I'm quite happy with that just mentioning the listeners I do also want to say thank you very much to everyone who sent me a very kind message uh, either by email or on social media over the last few weeks it was um, it was not a comfortable experience to have to be quite so public about uh, my mental state and Richard it was it was you that encouraged me to be open about it and uh, I think I've I've kind of coped an awful lot better as a result of that so thanks to you as well Rich the whole podcast family has been a big support and uh, yeah looking forward to just getting back to a sense of normality and talking about the Tour de France and, and, and pouring cold water on everybody else's enthusiasm I think that's my that's my role isn't it I'm, I'm made for that that is very much so you can slot back into that just before you go Lionel I have to ask you who is going to win today's stage? And bear in mind, we'll hear this after the stage has been finished. Who's going to win today's stage and who's going to win the tour? Well, Richard, you know I don't do speculation. You know better than that. But I've broken the habit of a lifetime. I've entered the official Tour de France a prognostic game, which the organisers are running. And my top three today is Wout van Aert, Matthew van der Poel and Julian Alaphilippe. I mean, I'm really sticking my neck out there, aren't I? You're out of limb there, aren't you? And as for the overall winner, I think it will be, it will be prog. Prog? Yeah. Pog or rog? Prog. <laughs> oh, lovely. Prog Excellent. rock. Prog well, rock on. We look forward to more of that in week two. Well, Lionel, a bientôt. A bientôt, Richard. Good luck to you and Francois. G'day, Richard. Hey, mate. I just thought I'd send you a quick note just to say that I'm in for the tour. Last week of the tour, count on me. I'm going to be there. I'm bloody excited. So lock me in. Let's get going. Make sure you don't drink and eat too much before I get there and save some of the good stuff for the last week. The Cycling Podcast at the 2021 Tour de France, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Still guessing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat and drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data actionable insight and personalized analytics. We are here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. I'm Elise Chabet and I'm uh, racing for Canyons from Racing. It's really easy. I mean, there is like a small needles, but it's really small. You don't even feel it when you, when you put it on your arm and then you just wear the devices. And uh, actually, you don't feel it, and you can have a shower, and you can train with it. You don't, you don't feel it. So it's really, it's really easy to use it. I was like uh, really happy that uh, the team could 
could try it because uh, also I struggle a bit with the the feeding during the races and during the training and I think this year I really improved about this because the team is really like pushing us to to feed correctly and they are really like uh, yeah interested by by this aspect to have the super sapiens I think uh, it's also easier to to really see like how the body reacts to to the meals and how like if we feed enough and and this kind of thing so yeah it's really interesting Yes, thanks very much indeed to our title sponsor, Super Sapiens. That was Elise Shabby we heard from there, uh, who uses Super Sapiens, as do her Canyon Shram teammates. She was riding La Course today, Elise, and uh, finished, I think, 29th uh, in the end. We're running a competition in conjunction with Super Sapiens throughout the tour. If you would like to win three months' supply uh, to monitor your blood glucose levels, I'm wearing mine now been monitoring my blood glucose levels see how it responds to the cidre that i'm currently <laughs> drinking if you'd like to try and win three months supply of super sapiens go to the cyclingpodcast.com and you'll see how to send in a clip of audio 60 seconds or less telling us why you'd like to try super sapiens it could be to help you with a, a cycling ambition or just to get fitter um tell us your reasons why you would like to try super sapiens well kate and francois we'll get on to our experience a bit later on kate because we were standing on on the hill watching but i guess a, a day that was um marked by by those two crashes i don't know how much we 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 must blame uh the, well you know <laughs> indirectly the pandemic for it because the 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 riders were saying that it, as exciting as it was to see big crowds again on on races they, they might have you know lose you know they're not so used anymore to uh, and as uh, one of the I, th- I think it was uh, Jan Fredo was saying on on TV that w- when you're in the tour the noise of the, of the you know the, the crowds uh, on the road it, it, it's, it's it really affects your uh, sense of position I- in the bunch because uh, on normal races you, you use your your ears quite a, quite a bit to uh, listen to what's going on in the peloton but with the crowds you know lining the the, the rows it, it's it's a big uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, there's lots of buzz and you know everywhere, and you 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 really can't hear what's going on, and and that this could affect the 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 the, 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 the well plus the the nervousness, the jitters you've got on the, on the first stage of the tour, well, and plus what, what I'm blaming the pandemic as well is maybe the crowds themselves, you know, have forgotten what it's like to be on on, on the race, and unfortunately, as we saw uh, this woman, you know. Uh, Obviously, trying to say hi to her grandparents because it said "Ale Omi und Umi," which means "Hi, Granddad and 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 Grandma," and it was it was terrible. It ended up in a, in a terrible crash with Tony Martin, you know, affected again, and 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 the second and the second one. Probably, you know, uh, we think it's probably Cyril Lemoyne who crashed from B&B hotels. Uh, hotel. Another, another DNF. Yeah, uh, today, and yeah. and it was, uh, you know, apparently, you know, touch wheels with with someone at the back and and, and another another pile up. Uh, I guess, as we saw with the Tony Martin crash, that one, especially on those first couple of stages, you know, teams tend to ride in trains, you know. So when when a guy crashes in front, I mean the, the whole team is affected, which is probably the reason why uh, you know Israel's startup nation were, were affected when Froome crashed uh, with Woods, and uh, and that that might be one of the reasons. But once again, we don't like to see that, and unfortunately, we see these kind of crashes at every uh, beginning of the tour, like last year on, on remember first stage in Nice, you know, uh, with, with this kind of a slippery terrain with it, with Thibaut Pinot, well. Let's, we know now. I mean, crashing mm. and and virtually ending his career for now, which is well uh, for now. We hope, yeah. yeah. Kate, you've obviously been following Jumbo Visma very closely through your work on Primoz Roglic. I think you spoke to Mike Turnison this morning, who was I think caught up in that crash. Certainly came in quite far down along with Sepp Kuss and Tony Martin. But that is the the problem, isn't it? With the way that the teams ride, the, they they have to ride like that to protect their leader. First time I became aware of that was a few years ago when, when Garmin came off en masse in a terrible crash on the stage to Metz. Um, entire teams can be taken out. And, and that, although Roglic rode very well and is obviously going well and strong, his team will be bruised and battered tonight and, and could be diminished as a result of that. Yeah, when we were walking back up down to the through the bridge and back into London, the town proper where the, where the river comes through, we saw them pass way far down the line. Far after, like, after like, the Gruppetto came in, and so I mean the looks on their faces said it all. Harrowing. It was harrowing, and uh, Tony Martin in particular, 
sort of bashed his head, you know, and and, yeah. and got back up. And we've concussions been in, in the news a lot. And we had a fantastic podcast uh, released last week with Lizzie Banks talking about her experiences with concussion. I'm not suggesting that that's what he suffered, but he really clattered into the ground. And I mean, it's terrible that the story that you tell, Francois, because that woman will be feeling terrible. And of course, that's he didn't true. mean mean to cause that. Um, of course not. But uh, I don't know, really know how you can police that other than to press upon uh, spectators not to enter the road space. Barriers. Yeah, there, there was another, uh, well, casualty. I mean, he finished uh, uh, second from last. I think Mark Urshi, who, who had a great Tour de France last year, uh, you know, finishing super combative, as they say, uh, and who, who really w was one of the guys to fancy today and tomorrow, uh, and who might have been, uh, you know, support to... Uh, Tadej Pogacar in, in in the race, and uh, well, unfortunately, he was he was he was involved in one of the crashes and uh, you know finished in a bad way, and uh, it, by the by the look of him, he was crying on the finish line. I I don't know. We'll see tomorrow. He's a, he's a big guy, but uh, you know, he, he looked really like the guy who might not you know be at the start tomorrow, which would be a real disappointment after we expect so much of him. Ala Philippe, let's not forget him. I mean, uh, a swashbuckling performance from uh, Ala Philippe, the, of the kind that we've we've come to expect. I think Daniel was talking last week in the podcast about the the new father effect. Kate, you called it Dad Watts. Dad Watts, I like <laughs> it. Did, was that was that Dad Watts that we saw today? Do you think? I think it was absolutely Dad Watts. What? How did? I mean, that's just the the bounce, the the, the, high the, the high that he's on, having had a. A child I mean, recently. It's a major life accomplishment. You mean adrenaline is is the best drugs to uh, to win a, a cycling race? Yeah. Well, uh, possibly. I mean, he's winning for someone new now. Well, I think there was a tribute, wasn't there, as well? Uh, you know, the the old dummy in the mouth, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure his baby won't yet have a dummy at that age. Um, but anyway, it's a nice gesture. He was one of the the riders we fancied for today, obviously. But it was such a strange finish in a way. I mean, having been at La Course this morning, where the women went up at four times, and I think that had a bearing on their perception of how hard it was. Because at the finish of that race, Marina Voss thought it was a a Murdoui type finish. Mm -hmm. um, whereas we were talking about Colbrelli, Michael Matthews. You know, Michael mm -hmm. Matthews wouldn't be up there at Flesh yeah. Wallone. Um, well, he was, so it a, was not far. <laughs> no, but it, uh, not a flesh alone, though. But no, no, I, mean, no, I, mean, I, mean, I mean today. I mean today, today yeah. Yeah, so that, but that illustrates that I don't think it was a, a, a Murdoui type finish, but it was certainly, it was certainly challenging. Ala Philippe himself said he, 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 he kind of attacked early on purpose, knowing that he, he wanted to drop the, the sprint, what he called the sprinters or the faster riders. Like, and he mentioned, uh, you know. Uh, namely, uh, uh, Mathieu van der Poel and uh, Wood van Aert, mm -hmm. uh, saying that by, by attacking from afar, he had the impression that that was the only way he could beat them. Because in, in recent, you know, in their recent confrontation, except at the words, uh, it, we had the impression van der Poel and van Aert had kind of a edge on Alain Philippe. But we discussed that yesterday, and 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 I said. I, I was confident Alain Philippe could do it because he he really targeted the words last year and when he has, he had a, he has a goal fixed you know he really goes for it and I think really his his main goal of the of the season was to take the yellow jersey to swap the the rainbow jersey and, and to turn it into into yellow once again plus b becoming a father I mean it's it's amazing what's happening to 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 Alain Philippe in the same time for once I I, I had a long chat with Christian Prudhomme, the tour director yesterday, and I, I said, you know, every year we say you, you've, you've made the tour, you know, special route for Pinot or for Bardet, or, and, and this year again, everybody thinks that the, the route has been designed for uh, Julien Alaphilippe, and, and, um, and Prudhomme said, oh no, not at all, it's, it's pure chance, you know, uh, uh, he said the first couple of stages are for punches, as, as he called them, and well, it come, as it comes, you know, Alaphilippe is a puncher. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, we're going to Le Grand Bornand, which is the, 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 the place where he won his first stage, but it's only by chance, and of course, and then, <laughs> we're going to, and then we're going to Andorra, where he lives, but it, it has nothing to do with, you know, planning. So, well, in the end, for once, you know, Christian Prudhomme's unplanning proved <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned also Worlds, which is interesting because Alaphilippe going early was his tactic there too. And the same thing happened where it's that once he goes early, everyone else has to follow and they mark each other out. I mean, we saw Rog and Pog on each other's wheel, not commit, neither committing. 
everyone's looking at wow everyone's where's Matthew and Julian Alphonse could just kind of ride off when we watched the the finish and Alaphilippe jumped and Van Aert was there mm -hmm. I I said to you, he didn't even think about going with him. Was it a case, and you said because he's he's looking for Roglic, mm -hmm. but was it was that? Do you think the case that he was his concern at that point was was Roglic, or that he that the 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 power, the explosion of of Alaphilippe's attack just meant that he thought that he couldn't make that effort at that moment? It's hard to say. I'd say that it's probably a mixture of, of both. I think once he realized that he maybe couldn't go, then he's looking behind. It's like. Can Rog, can Rog go? Where's Rog, you know? But it's interesting because... Does he call him Rog as well? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they call each other. <laughs> you, I call him Rog because you call him Rog. <laughs> <laughs> it's caught on already. I call him Rogla most of the time in my okay. comments. It's taken anyways, about 24 hours. For you probably calls call, call him boss or something. Boss. <laughs> the boss. They're always together, you know, when you yeah, watch true. them. Probably comes they're, they're like always walk, riding together side by side. And I think it's because, you know, if you're in a crowd, he, well, that's kind of a good guy to be with because he's tall and his hair is like a little beacon that you can follow. You know, <laughs> Is that why he's got the highlights? I mean, it doesn't work with the helmet, of course. <laughs> well, earlier today, I mean, much earlier today, um, the, the, the women races of La Course had an alarm call at 5 o'clock this morning for an 8.30 start. For the final La Course, we thought it was carrying on, but it doesn't appear that it is. Next year, of course, sees the start of the Tour de France Femme, an eight-day stage race. So the final edition of La Course, and I, th I think it's fair to say the riders have had a bit of a love-hate relationship with it, um, but it was another very entertaining race today, four times up the climb. And uh, a very, very good win from Demi Vollering, who's perhaps been the rider, the rider of the season, I would say. Um, she's really come of age this year, SD Works. Cecilia Utrecht-Ludwig, though, attacked early. She kind of, kind of went around the same point as uh, Juliana Philippe, I think. Um, was brought back and then she uh, was second in the sprint, which is quite a, a good performance from her. She struggled in, uh, in sprints in small groups like that. So had a quick word with her at the finish. She she sort of anticipated the questions in the interview, so she just began by interviewing herself. Yeah! <laughs> Interviews! Yeah. Yeah. Ready. You ready? <laughs> Is it all tape? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe you just want to answer your own questions. How, how, how was yes. that? How was the day today? Interview Did you yourself? have good legs? La, 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 la. Oh. Did I try? Yes, I tried. Did we show as a team that we were pretty good? Yes, I think so. And I think it was nice because this is our home race. It was nice and it was a super hard race. And I think yeah, once again, we showed how interesting women's cycling is. I didn't think that I would ever be able to say that I beat Marianne in a sprint. So that's credit to her, how, how legend she is. That's pretty good. You also launched a pretty big attack about, I don't know how far out it was, but it was, it was quite far yeah, out. Two and a half, no, no, two or, or yeah. one and a half, something like this. Yeah, because, oh, I mean, it's steep in the beginning and then everyone is there, like, uh, but then afterwards, like 2K of false flat, la, 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 and then people are getting tired and it's still long to the finish. And again, I didn't really want to sprint against those kind of riders because they're pretty quick. Yeah, I tried. And then they, Anna and Grace came back and I was like, ah, let's go. But then nothing really happened and came back and it was like tree tra tra la la and then a little bit attack, a little bit la 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 and then with 500 to go it was like yeah okay now it's now it's a sprint. It was very cagey wasn't it? Yeah I mean yeah yeah it was hard race good race. But that, that sprint you know sprinting as you did that must um where's that come from I mean that must give you a lot of confidence for because that's maybe where you've, you've you've struggled to convert these podiums and placings into into wins yeah I was close today uh, yeah but I I think I'm improving it's good to get that boost because now the Giro is coming the Olympics is coming so oh, Cecilia Trip Ludwig uh, we'll be hearing more from La Course and about the Tour de France fam in an episode of Kilometer Zero next week. Kilometer Zero every weekday, Monday to Friday morning, supported by Super Sapiens. Very grateful indeed to them. Um, now, Kate, you tweeted this morning, no reproductive medium can capture what cyclists and cycling are like in real life. It's just impossible. So 
that doesn't augur well for... Uh, <laughs> Did you see my follow-up tweet where I said, but I try? Okay, excellent. But, <laughs> you know, you are really new to it, and you're keeping an audio diary for us, and we're going to be hearing yes. about your, your journey at this Tour de France throughout the tour. Well, you started following it properly at the Tour de France last year. You're an architecture critic, aren't you, originally, mm-hmm. and previously a musician. Mm-hmm. But you've really fallen into cycling in a big way. You came here, and we went to the presentation the other day, so you saw the riders. You've done this incredible feature on Primoz Roglic, which everybody should read. You're keeping a blog here. Um, but Thursday evening was the first time you'd seen the riders in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Any riders, well, professional riders. You've seen cyclists before yeah. in Chicago, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And then today we went and positioned ourselves on the climb. I mean, what was it like? You know, tell people about your, you know, first impressions. Is it, has, it, has, the, has the reality lived up to the, the, ima- the imagined reality? I think it's better than the imagined reality. I think it's funny because I was walking with my colleagues, Johnny Long and Peter Cossins. We were looking to go find lunch. It was an ill-fated attempt. We had to go back and get the car. So we were walking Welcome down, to the Tour de France. We were walking down this highway. <laughs> and we, we stopped because we heard the buzz of like back wheel and the cyclists are coming. And it's, it's Nielsen Palace and someone else from EF. And they're just riding on this highway. And it's shocking to me how, you know, how small they are, first of all. Petite. But also how elegant they are, the way that they drape themselves over their bikes, like the way that they move, the fluidness of it. It's really kind of stunning and artful in a way that I don't think is captured on TV. Uh, And it's interesting that seeing them all come out for the team presentations, you know, you wonder what they're like in real life. Right. And I some of them are really kind of familiar now in a way like Roglic, uh, who I've spent some time with. It's like, oh, that's just Rog. But. The one writer I think that really struck me was Tere Pogaccia, who has this really regal quality of him, uh, that he, he has this really regal quality to him. He's kind of like a boy prince. He, the way that he carries himself, he has an aura that has to be sort of perceived in real life that the camera doesn't capture, because when the camera captures him, he looks like a boy. He just, he looks like a kid. But the way that he's got this self-assuredness to him in this, in this, placid serenity that is really ethereal and so he was the, I think the most striking of all of the ones that I saw and then being on the climb I mean that was electric it was incredible to feel the energy of the crowd and a guy up on the balcony dropped his beer and everyone cheered it's like oh this is a big party and it's funny how they come through first the sponsors come through with their floats and they throw things at you and I had some Haribo gummies which which we, some we don't get in the U.S., which felt kind of special. And then, of course, it's kind of like a reverberation. Like when you drop a pebble in the water and it just ripples out. Then it comes, first, you know, the sponsors come and then there's a lull. And then, you know, there's the Skoda cars with the, you know, VIPs or whatever. And then there's the race organizers' cars. And then there's the police. And then, but then it gets faster and faster and faster and faster as time goes on. There's more and more... And Richard made a comment, it's like, it's like they're running away from something, which in a way they are. And then when the race comes through the commissaire's car and there's like a lull, it's almost kind of like the eye of a hurricane. All this action happens before. And then when they come through, it's so fast. And to see them there, to see them in agony, basically, on this climb, it's, it's sublime. It's this beautiful, terrible, sublime thing because, you know, this, this aftermath of these two crashes where they're bloody and all cut up, and it's really kind of heartbreaking to see them like that. But at the same time, some of them, as they go up so fast, unbelievably fast, they're resplendent. They're in their element. It's incredible. And you're in your element. I, I think you're enjoying it. And uh, the, the, I must say one of the highlights of my day was the fact that you're you're wearing a Gazetta della Sport uh, <laughs> cycling shirt, and you, you got a lift today from the start to finish with Chiro Scognamelio of Gazetta della Sport. I don't know what he must have thought, but uh, he uh, he stepped in to give you a, a lift, which was very nice of yes. him, and, and there you are wearing a I didn't a, plan a that. Unfortunately, none of his stories are, are on there. It's a bit before his time. I see a lot of Eno and I think Moser and uh, going back even further. Science in Sport is supporting the cycling podcast at the 2021 Tour de France. Science in Sport, fueled by science. Thanks very much indeed to Science in Sport for supporting the cycling podcast, as they have done since 2016. A reminder, you can get 25% off your Science in Sport 
uh, products, all of the sports nutrition products you could possibly need at scienceandsport.com with the discount code SISCP25. Kate, pay attention to that. I'll probably test you on that later in the week. SISCP25 at scienceandsport.com. Um, and uh, we're running competition in con conjunction with Science Sport. You can be in with a chance of winning £80 worth of Science and Sport goodies. Um, if you go to our website, thecyclingpodcast.com, you can predict Sunday's winner. Every Sunday, Super Sunday, with Science and Sport throughout the tour, predict the winner and uh, be in with a chance of winning that um, swag from Science and Sport. Today, as is traditional, um, Stacey Snyder's mugs, cups and gelato bowls went on sale, raising money for brain tumour research. Liam Bergen, good friend of the podcast, is doing a ride. He uh, suffers from a brain tumour. He is doing a coast-to-coast -coast ride next week, raising money for brain tumour research. And we're very um, pleased and happy to support him and them. Um, so the, the mugs, everything sold out in three minutes today, as they always do. Stacey will do another batch to go on sale later in the Tour de France. Congratulations if you managed to get something, and commiserations if you didn't. Um, I actually spoke a few nights ago to Richie Port, who unfortunately lost a bit of time today, though not 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 a huge amount. He's still he's still there. Let's hear first what his thoughts were about being one of the kind of four prongs of the Ineos Grenadier attack. And then at the end, we'll hear um, him talking about his Stacey Snyder mug because he was voted by you, the listeners, our peddler de charme of the Tour de France last year. And for that, he was sent a peddler de charme mug by Stacey. In fact, he was sent two, but only one turned up. It's a tactical card that we can perhaps use later on because, you know, if, if I'm to go on the attack on a mountain somewhere, they, they can't just let me go. So, you know, it's always that in the back of my mind as well but yeah for, for the time being here I'm a lot less stressed than I have been in, in the past years most of the journos see that as well and I, I was going to say I mean at the tour last year it was very it was very striking I mean and, and there therein lies the explanation maybe does it you know you're performing really well because you're not maybe feeling the pressure so much oh uh, yeah I think also having you know two kids now it puts everything in perspective Cycling's not the be-all and end-all for me now. It's like I love getting out on my bike and bless my wife, but, you know, sometimes I do like to get out on the bike, you know, and just it's just nice and quiet without two screaming kids. Um, you know, I don't say that in a, you know, I'm, I'm shirking my, my work as a father way, but I think any parent can understand that statement, can't they? You know, yeah. just, you know, and the bike does offer a little bit of peace and quiet and, you know, I just love being back in this team. Not to say that I've been in bad teams because I have been in two fantastic teams, but this team's just something special, you know. You're a reigning peddler de charme, Richie. <laughs> yeah. The most important thing to defend. Funnily enough, yeah, that's the, the mug that I use every morning with my AeroPress coffee. It's a uh, yeah, perfect size. absolutely love it. So, Brilliant. Yeah, the first, the first one never actually turned up, went missing, so... Um, well, you say, you say that. I think you're 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 secretly stashing away too there, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's it. Busted me. Well, let's hear from one of our audio diarists, shall we? Tim De Clerk, such a recognisable figure on the front of the bunch in so many races, and he was again today. And of course, uh, the day was capped off perfectly with that win for his teammate Julian Alaphilippe. Let's hear what he had to say after the stage. It was a uh, an amazing feeling, really, to watch uh, Julian win. I was just a uh passing the big screen with the uh, 2k to go when he when he crossed the line i hear it uh, on the radio i hear tom uh, tom Steele shouting out oh, come on keep going keep going keep going and then it was a uh, quiet for uh, quite a bit of time i thought for sure they uh, they catched him or something but then i saw uh, the image there it was a uh, it was really an, uh, an amazing feeling that uh, that gave me goosebumps it was worth uh, all the work it was uh, when I look at my uh, my TSS it was already uh, a big classic the stage of today too bad there are uh, still 20 more to come and also too bad uh, for the two big crashes the first one I had absolutely no idea it had happened the crowds are so uh, cheering so loud you don't hear anything I didn't 
my radio didn't work properly. I didn't hear the radio, but also the other guys of, of the team, they, nobody knew anything because we were all in front and on the opposite direction of the road. It was only when we, when we started, we, uh, Julian's not here, we looked back and we saw we were only with 40 guys or something. Then we decided to wait, but we had no information because the, the car was too too far back. So the, the radio connection didn't work. Yeah, we had to wait uh, for the car to, to come back. And also Julian was, uh, was there then. And then uh, we hear that uh, everybody was back. Only some guys uh, who stopped to pee, but we had also no idea how far the guy, Ide Schelling was, was in front because I think he, he stopped riding on the top because he was going for the mountain jersey. But if he continued, he would have had at least uh, three, four minutes. And we didn't know that as we had the, the big goal to, to really win this stage. It was our, our biggest goal of, of, of the whole tour, actually, to already be there in the first stage. So yeah, it's, it's really difficult on a moment like that to, to take decisions. You are in the race, you are in race mode. If he had known that, that it was such a big and that it was caused by somebody who uh, on the side of the road, we would for sure have stopped. But it's important to keep in mind that in, in the race, we have sometimes zero information and also the car has zero information and we didn't even hear the car. That's a, that's completely different from, uh, from when you watch uh, cycling on TV. I just hope that, uh, that everybody of, uh, of both crashes is, uh, is okay. It's always hectic, uh, a block, like we say in Belgium, uh, the first, the first stage of the tour, but, uh, but this time it was, uh, really really a mess and that's why we wanted to be there uh with the team and the on the first line but of course you you never hope that other guys are gonna crash and for sure not uh, not so badly like uh, like it was now well francois as we uh journey around france we're going to be uh picking your brains perhaps a bit more than in the past about the mm. places we go to the food we eat the, the drinks we enjoy and you've you've done a lot of work you've prepared a dossier of delights <laughs> um we're going to be doing this is actually my this is a secret way for me to improve my french you've got mm. a word of the day i'll be fluent by the end yeah well i've i've picked the word mur not not because of richard mur <laughs> but because mur which means wall as you know if you if you're cycling fans you know about mur de huy and you know that mur de huy you know that that's Typically, the sort of things no uh, English-speaking native can pronounce, you know. And Mur is one of these Mur. very, yeah, is one of these very common names, uh, nouns in in Fr in French that are impossible to pronounce for well, normally for English speakers. Uh, so Mur means uh, wall. But uh, we're going to Mur de Bretagne tomorrow. That's why I, I picked the word. Uh, it also means Mur also means mature or ripe. But it's it's not. That's why you know the, the other little signs you don't like in English is the circumflex. So if you put a circumflex on mur, then it means mature, right? So well, uh, you could say uh, Alejandro Valverde is mur because he's is is yeah, he's kind of ripe. <laughs> <laughs> he's ripe, and, all right. And, yeah, and and at the same time, he can he could win tomorrow in <laughs> mur de Bretagne. So there's a little story about uh, about mur de Bretagne. You know that the, the place, the, the Tour de France has gone through mur a number of times in the past, uh, but they would never stopped in the in the so-called mur. Uh, actually, the the, the 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 climb was never called a mur before uh, the the Tour decided to finish there. But it, you know why it finished there? It's totally by chance. They were planning to finish the stage in uh, Châteaulin, which is, well, not, not too far. Well, we went through Châteaulin today, and there's a great climb there. But when they decided to, to finish the stage there, uh, they, they, they needed to ask the local farmer for to, to hire his field to, to, to set the uh, technical zone and everything. And the guy asked for so much money that decided to, they needed at the last minute to find a new place. And, and, and so they, they rode around Brittany, and they found that this climb in Mur de Bretagne. So they called the, the head of the region there, and he said, oh, Mur, it's, everybody will understand that, you know, in cycling that it's a, a steep climb and there's Bretagne in the world. So we'll, and that's how Mur de Bretagne by chance became a classic of the Tour de France. So that was it for Mur. So, you know, you can, you can repeat after me, you know, dear listeners, Mur. 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 Yeah. I think I've got it. I think I've cracked no, it. No, no. It's, it's, it's not the who that's so difficult for you. It's more the 
you know, <laughs> like in the rue. I must say that <laughs> living in France, trying to, it, it's so much more than knowing the words. Um, the pronunciation is absolutely key, unfortunately, because some of the pronunciations are quite difficult for those of us brought up speaking English, sadly. Any other facts? I mean, Francois, we're doing, you're posting lots of things on social media as well about um, not just the word of the day, which is going to be um, an unmissable feature of this Tour de France, but yeah. as we said earlier, places, um, yeah, cultural so figures, yeah, riders. There's, 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 well, I'm going to... Cheese. Well, yeah, well, we're doing the cheese of the day, and it, it, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange idea we had to do cheese of the day on this Tour de France, because there's only one region in France that doesn't make cheese, and it's Brittany, and it's, which is very odd, because Brittany is, the, is the, the number one region in France for dairy products, and they're not making cheese. So I, I, was, I was wondering why, and I was told that because the, 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 the cows, you know, there's a special breed of cows in, uh, in Brittany, and they make great butter, but no you know, but their cheese is, is not is not good enough. So they, you you tell you you tell me they could have made goat cheese. Well, yeah, but then they, nobody answered that question. So I I don't know why they don't make goat cheese, but they don't make cow uh, cow cheese anyway. And as, as another interesting thing about it, so you could say that the, the 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 Breton cheese is salty butter because if you've been to Brittany, that's one of the astonishing thing about Breton cuisine. There are lots of different cuisine in French. When I hear people say, oh, French cuisine, it doesn't mean a thing. And in Brittany, the, one of the most interesting fixtures is salty butter. It, the, the, you, you almost don't find normal, regular butter in, in, in shops in Brittany. They always put salt in it. And you can tell in the cakes, in the, in the, in the galettes, in the pancakes, which is the national uh, dish here, uh, you, you, can, you can feel the, the salt. You know, it's very present mm. there, and um, well, so so that, that maybe you know their 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 cheese is salty butter. There is actually one farmer do, uh, making cheese, but I talk about him uh, in in a, in the later stage. Uh, well, we're also going to be talking about Brittany and in, in Kilometer Zero and getting some culinary tips from riders. We're drinking uh, cider, cider just mm -hmm. now, which is a famous drink here. Absolutely. Um, but on Friday evening, just before the tour started, we released uh, a wine episode. Daniel Freeman conversation with. Greg Andrews has put together a wine collection for the Cycling Podcast, um, as he did at the Giro. Daniel and he were talking talking through it, paying homage to various places that we're going. And uh, you can buy a case of that, if you like, at divinecellars.com. That's D-V-I-N-E, cellars.com. Anything else for today? I've been asked if I could sing a song from time to time. You know, I, I did sing a song about breasts. I don't know if you we used that, uh, the one... Uh, uh, about breast, it's a great song by Miosek, and actually tomorrow we'll be going through Paimpol. It's a small place, uh, pretty famous in Brittany, and in, in Paimpol, the, the, the inhabitants of Paimpol are called Paimpoli, and 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 a very famous songwriter of the 19th century called Theodore Botrel. He wrote a song called La Paimpolaise, and La Paimpolaise became the almost the national anthem of Brittany. Even if the the, the die-hard Britons, you know, the Breton hates it, they say that their, 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 their national anthem is "Land of My Fathers," like the Welsh. So La Paimpolaise goes this way. He says, "J'aime Paimpolaise, sa falaise, son église et son grand pardon." J'aime surtout ma pimpolaise qui m'attend en pays breton. So the thing is, it, it, it rhymes. You, you have pimpolaise, which is an inhabitant of pimpol, rhyming with falaise, which means cliff. The, the, the problem with this is that no cliff in pimpol, right? So it says pimpol and it's cliff, it doesn't exist. So it was criticized many times for, for these words, but it, 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 it's for a good it's rhyme. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good rhyme, you know, with yeah, pimpolaise, yeah. but it, it just doesn't fit with the place, you know? So Kate, could you accompany uh, Francois with your violin one uh. evening, perhaps? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I could just sit here and enjoy that. And, and this song has been so popular. It's been, it's been used many, many ways. Uh, and, and I know we're a kind of a murky version of it, but it's sweet, actually, that, that people sing. in. Uh, it's called, uh, we call it caramel songs. It's, you know, medical students, they, they sing this song. and they, 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 I, I, It's sweet, you, you see. It goes... Euh, mon fils, à chaque fois que tu baises, ce qui arrive étant étudiant, n'oublie pas ta capote anglaise, ça t'évitera des accidents. So it means so the ones among you. <laughs> you get a lot of admiring glances from other people. Once among you understand French, will understand the, 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 the meaning of the song. No, it's, it's pretty sweet. There's a lady near to, you know, looking <laughs> at me. No, she wants to carry on. Voilà. <laughs> she, she, she agrees it's cute so uh, it, it just means my son 
every time you have sex, which can happen when you're a student, never, <laughs> never, happen. never forget to w to wear a condom <laughs> to avoid an accident. All oh, right, and now so I now I understand the some of the glances that we are getting. <laughs> um, well, listen, Kate, do you think you'll be back for day two after your first day on the tour? Did oh, yeah. you enjoy it? Yes, I think one of the greatest days of my whole life, actually. Wow. Despite my, despite the crashes. I mean, this is like my dream come true. I mean, you're obviously, as I say, documenting your journey, but if you have one thing that you really want to do, or one person you would like to speak to, who would it be? Pogaccia, yes. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Good luck prizing him open in the way that you prized open Roglic. And, uh, like I'd to like say, to see Roglic. I will put a, a, a link to... Kate's article in the episode notes for tonight's episode. And um, we better crack on and head out to our. Th there's another person I'd like to talk about, but maybe we'll oh, talk yeah, about sorry. it uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll, um, I think it's kilometer 65, no, 62 actually. We'll be in Lizard de Dieu, and th that it's a little village. But in this village were, was born a, a woman called Amélie Le Gall. And if you want to be curious a little bit and you know do a little bit of the res research, research Amélie Le Gall. Uh, she was born in 1872, and she was better known under, uh, you know, she married a, a, a man called Monsieur Marton, and she became very famous in the cycling world at the end of the 19th century as Lisette Marton. And she's actually the first ever uh, women world uh, cycling world champion, Lisette Marton. She's a great story because she, at the time she was way, you know, in advance on her time. She refused to wear silly dresses and stuff. She wanted to dress like men. Uh, the, the little thing you, you've, well, some of you who know, you know, cycling history have heard of Choppy Warburton, you know, the guy who, and she was she was trained by him. And uh, well, she's a great story. She's very little known, and in all the literature we had on the, around the tour about the Breton cycling, there's no mention of Amélie Legal. So I really needed to mention her. Well done, Francois. Thanks for that, and uh, thanks for tonight and looking forward to the next three weeks with our rotating cast. Uh, thanks very much to you as well, Kate, and. Uh, Look forward to you joining us again tomorrow. Yes, thank you.